you won't be able to describe this job to anyone else. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Every single child, making sure they, you know, they are safe throughout their time at Harmony. And as long as your principles are sound, you bring it back to where it needs to be. And that's only done through relationships. You can't, you know, you can't really lead, you know, in a vacuum. That if she had children, she would put them in our school. I think as soon as you start to sit still, yeah. you become stagnant. And that's when things go wrong. I'm lucky, alhamdulillah, I have a good network, a good support network. And, you know, focusing on what is, actually has true value, you know, with a strong uh, Muslim identity, ready for life in modern Britain. And that's what we do at Harmony. Okay. So, uh, we build young people. <laughs> but there's things that they can do we can't do, and there's things we can do that they can't. Um, insight that a child's mind can sometimes bring to something, and that's powerful. They'll surprise you. If you and you realise just how powerful you know education is. Welcome to the Murabiyun Show, raising awareness of Islamic schools. Finally, we made it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's taken a while. It's taken a while, yeah, but I'm yeah, glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Alhamdulillah, Allah planned for us to meet today, so we, so we have, inshallah. So, um, the way I like to get these podcasts started is by doing some quick fire questions. Okay. okay. So I've got a pack of my questions here, yeah. and I'm just going to randomly pick out some questions, just ask you, just to warm things up. Okay. So let's start off with the first question. Okay, which subject would you least like to cover or teach? So I know you're a busy head teacher, mashallah. Yeah. But one of your staff members doesn't turn up, um, not feeling well, whatever it might be. Which subject are you least looking forward to covering? Probably, it's going to be art. It's got to be art. I, li- I like, uh, my maths and my English, I quite enjoy. When it gets towards some of the more creative elements, I find myself, okay, where are we going to take this? <laughs> you, know, you do want the juices to flow, right? So it's a bit of a, let it see where it goes. But I'm used to my sort of regiment as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think art would be the interesting one. I'd, that would, uh, yeah, yeah, that would raise my heart. I, I should have guessed that from setting up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's the one. No worries. Okay, this is an interesting one. Hot drinks. Is your go-to drink a coffee, tea, or a herbal, or even water? You know, it's changed. It was tea, and I slowly just cut out the caffeine, and now it's a warm water. Warm water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know that advice of the elders. You know, yeah, yeah. nice warm water. Is yeah, that where yeah, things works. are going? It works well. Sooner or later, uh, when we do round two of this, is going to be Horlicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. It's no, good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, water's away. Um, okay, let's take a few more. Something interesting about you that your colleagues would be surprised to know. Interesting about So you've got, mashallah, your team here and, you know, you've obviously built this nice, warm family environment. But yeah. there must be a few uh, secrets locked away. Something that they would be surprised to know about you. Surprised. Uh, I enjoy, recently, I'd say I enjoy cooking. Cooking? That's become a bit of a thing. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah cooking's a bit of fun. Um, I think it's like therapeutic maybe There's yeah. something about it now Chop the onion What's the last thing you've uh, managed to put together? Like a, I think it was a North Indian fish curry or something Oh wow Yeah <laughs> like, Well you know you have to clear your schedule <laughs> and, and you have to clear the kitchen a little bit as well yeah. um, You want to you wanna make sure that everything's exactly as you want as it As it was Yeah 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 Oh nice So uh, that's probably one thing um, But yeah you know what it's like you know uh, Schools are like families aren't they? Uh, everyone seems to have a really good knowledge of everyone else's, you know, likes and dislikes yeah. and hobbies and past. Of course, really, you know, interwoven. So there's probably not a lot they don't know about. Me, <laughs> yeah, no. um, um, you might regret letting them know about this because yeah. uh, the next inset day, you might be the one bringing in cooking the cooking uh, for everyone. Cooking yeah. for everybody, exactly. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah, it's nice to hear. I'm looking forward to the next time we go out. <laughs> All right, let's take a few more. Uh, what's your preference for taking notes? Uh, laptop, notepad, or your mobile? Uh, notes. I'm a bit old-fashioned. I uh, pen and paper. Pen and paper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually put the laptop away and things like that. I prefer pen and paper. There's something okay. about it. Just getting, you know, pen to paper and just there's something about that exercise yeah. I enjoy. Um, I think previously, like, again, it would have been, like, you know, an Excel sheet or a Word document. Yeah. But slowly that's just come back in. Pad, uh, yeah, and a pen. No, it's good, it's good. All right, let's take one final question, inshallah. Um, okay, I like always like this question. What's your go-to meal for lunch? 
<laughs> busy head teacher, mashallah. You got a lot going on. Uh, I've got a few options here, but you can expand. I've got a sandwich, I've got a biryani, yeah. or I've got a burger. I'd love a biryani. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it's one of the, I sometimes joke with some of my staff. It's like, uh, it might be said one of the regrets of a head teacher, you know, I should have fasted today and just, you know, you miss all your meals, you miss your breakfast, you miss your lunch and you wait for dinner. And that's, to be honest, that's probably more akin to what happens. You sort of just wait until the end of the day and have something because there's so much happening, yeah. you know, you know, jumping in and out of things and you have to be really responsive. So stopping and planning food is a little bit, you know, the last thing you have to think about. It's something that I'm working on, let's yeah. say, <laughs> inshallah. Um, but yeah, if, if it's anything, it's just wait till the end of the day. Otherwise, it's like a pastry or a croissant on the way. Whatever. Pick something up and just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how long's your commute in the morning? I'm lucky. I've got about 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just don't, I'm not too far. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice 20 minute. Just set yourself up and get in. And then nice to kind of wind down as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it lets me work early and late quite easily. Yeah. What motivated you? Why did you choose to become a head teacher mm. of a primary school? Yeah. Um, okay. What, why did I choose to become a head teacher? I think you just sort of found yourself in it, to be honest. It wasn't like a career path that I was slowly following. It was more of there was a need. Uh, for someone to take this role here and uh, I'd been involved with getting at that time it was a project not a school if that makes sense getting it off the ground and getting it to a certain stage and then just the day sort of came and we needed to uh, decide who's going to take this forward um, and I found myself <laughs> <laughs> nominated by others let's say sure. um, but thankfully I mean it's uh, I always tell like anyone who asks me it's a massive privilege and you don't realize necessarily what big privilege it is mm. until you're actually in the thick of it uh, and then you're just like wow every single day it's just wave after wave of opportunity and it's yeah. like from that point of view it's massive so just sort of found myself in it um and uh not looked back and sure I just kept so not, not something that was necessarily planned in terms of from a career um, or from a kind of, you know, in terms of like uh, an educational route that you took? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not, not like that really, actually. It was probably uh, on the back of my mind somewhere. I think I've got quite a few education-based members of my family, so there should have been signs in the background <laughs> there, you know, when you've got... Relation, you know, relatives and relations in different parts of education, just like slowly watching from the sidelines yeah. as they go about their careers, um, and then just came came through as an opportunity. It was partly that I noticed the need, and there was a moment, you know, I was originally in construction, building these uh, BSF projects, building schools for the future projects, and you know the glamorous projects and you know lovely clad buildings, huge atriums, almost like a Westfield. You walk through them, they're huge, huge places. Um, but then I thought, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's got its elements that you enjoy, but it didn't have that sort of meaningful impact that I was looking for. Yeah. So I thought about it. I walked away from uh, that side of, uh, you know, a career and thought, I want to move into something that has a bit more meaning. Sure. So why not just get involved with the schools when they're actually running? Because we would end up building a school and walking away yeah. on day one of an actual, you know, school term. So it was the other way around. I wanted to get involved in what happens on the inside yeah um and yeah and just i think the other part of it is i think you have the bug for seeing growth in your student if you get the bug for that it's very hard to stay away from education you probably see lots of former retired teachers coming back into school to help and support and do reading sessions and things like that and it's just because there's such a buzz to it you know uh to help a child with their phonics to give them a little bit of a step up in their times tables it's um, that, that sort of positivity feedback, that relationship you build, it's very, very hard to match. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so yeah, once you're in like that. I know you've only been involved in, in kind of with this school for, uh, for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably coming up to three, four years. Yes, yeah, this is going into our fourth year now. Fourth year, mashallah. I mean, um, when you look back and you think, you know, who were the people that kind of encouraged you and motivated you and who might have inspired you to do what you do? Because I know mm. you've been a bit of a journey yourself and we'll go on to that. Yeah. I mean, 
you don't have to name names, but are there people that come to mind for you that have helped you along the way? Yeah, yeah, without doubt, coaches and mentors, you know. Uh, some of them will know who they are and some of them will not know who they are in the sense of there are those that impact upon you uh, and they sort of, you know, started something in you in a sense that made you feel like this is a path you want to take without realizing that that conversation was the kickstart to something yeah. bigger. Um, and then there are those who have worked much more closely and I lean on regularly, you know, sure. to, uh, like you said, I'm not originally in this field, um, but I lean on them and, you know, that sort of partnership has helped a lot uh, over the years. Um, it's only been, like I say, it's been three years and this is our fourth. So you're talking about, you know, zero to a hundred uh, in the first year and just learn everything, understand where schools sit in the, the wider community and in life in general in that sense uh, and what they can do. So sure. uh, it's been interesting. But yeah, without a doubt, that coaching and mentoring side has been so important. What's uh, the uh, one single bit of advice you got early on that you always kind of sticks in your mind? Is there anything? One piece of advice. There was one that hit me, actually. Someone said to me, uh, another head teacher said to me, um, you won't be able to describe this job to anyone else. And that's <laughs> what he said. And I thought, and I looked at it and I thought, that's ominous. But he's right. He's got a point in the sense of, you know, the side of leadership can be lonely and the challenges that will come and, you know, you have to sort of be the captain of the ship and, you know, uh, in all types of weather in that sense. Um, but it has so many facets to it. You can't uh, underplay like how uh, how much you actually can enjoy the, uh, the job as well. Um, but hard to describe. That's, yeah. that's what you find, you know, if, yeah. um, if you're doing certain other uh, roles in uh, different sort of sectors it's maybe a little bit easier but yeah head teacher until you experience it you don't fully and i think what's quite unique as well is that this isn't something that i've really elaborated on previous with previous guests really but mm. there's something about being a head teacher of an independent school mm, yeah. um yeah. and um you know it takes that kind of uh skill set and that kind of variety of what you do to another level doesn't it mm. um, and then just as we were walking through today I, I can only imagine that you're involved in the renovation and putting on the first aid training yeah, and yeah. making sure everyone's got their cpd going on and yeah. you know making sure that you know the the playground's ready and mm -hmm. managing their neighbors yeah <laughs> no it's it's like it's exactly like that i think you've got uh you hit the nail on the head in that sense it's you get used to wearing many hats yeah. and you have to get used to that very, very quickly, uh, you know, balance the finances and at the same time uh, develop, you know, each individual uh, member of the team in their particular specialism, um, support, you know, parents where they need it and suddenly premises needs attention. And, and it's fascinating. I think it's one of the things that in my previous line of work, they would say, you know, no two days are the same. Uh, this was in construction. Which I question, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure I go for that because <laughs> I felt like whole weeks would feel the same as others. But, um, but in education, it's genuine. It's like no two days are the same, you know. And a lot of it is what you bring to the table. Yeah. Um, do you have something to offer? Do you have value to add? Do you have a uh, vision? Do you mm. have plans? And all of those things. Are you uh, motivated to pick up the baton and take it to the next level? Mm. Are you in the sense of... I'm going to develop something here. I'm going to focus and, you know, get strategic for a second and suddenly get back to what's happening on the ground. You know, there was a, something in the playground we need to do and then go back to that strategic vision again, yeah. have all of that. So independence without a doubt, I think that's my only experience, to be honest. Sure. Um, but it's very, very dynamic, fast moving, but there's agility with that, that you can take the school in a different direction yeah. quite quickly, which is, which is really positive. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, Talk to me a little bit about your kind of your day to day so what would you say is your biggest challenge as a head teacher your, your kind of single biggest challenge or the thing that comes to to mind immediately i think the thing that sits heaviest is safeguarding that's probably the thing that sits heaviest because that's the um that's the thing that is quietly there it'll often get very little attention because nothing's occurring and then suddenly there can be a spark and then there's a signal that everything needs to change Sure. Um, and you always have to have that running in the back of your mind. You can't let go of it. You have to keep that, you know, right at the front of your mind. Just keep uh, uh, keep an eye on. And uh, and I think if you have that sort of mindset, I think if you as long as it's present, it's always present. I think that's a good place to be. If you sort of think, okay, well, nothing's really moved on safeguarding for a little while, and you know the kids look fine. If you slip a bit, that's very very dangerous. And yeah. so that's my number one. 
uh, safeguarding is probably the uh, not not the hardest, but it's the thing that occupies your mind because it's uh, you know these are children and sure. uh, we are in a privileged position, but there's a huge amount of trust put in our hands. Yeah. And if you understand what that means um, on a daily basis, you know you've got almost 200 days of school a year. And we're at 55 kids, so we do the maths, right? That's what we're talking about. Every single child, making sure they, you know, they are safe throughout their time at Harmony. And alhamdulillah, you know, I think that attention to that detail is important. And as long as that's fed down from the top, uh, I think that that challenge starts to get easier because everyone's got their their same sort of uh, eyes on the same uh, priorities. So that's from that side. I think the other side... And I don't know if it's a challenge. I relish it actually. This other, the other thing is, uh, which is developing the team. And okay. I think that can be very challenging because you have to understand the needs of your team whilst also understanding uh, where, if you like, what are their motivating factors? Where are their gaps? What do you need to do to change the conversation? What do you need to do to change practice, for example? Um, and that comes down to your relationship. And that's really interesting. It can go uh, really, really, really well. And when it does, everyone walks in smiling and walks out smiling and everyone's happy. And it can sometimes hit, you know, rocky patches. And that's challenging. But I think as long as your principles are sound, you bring it back to where it needs to be. And that's only done through relationships. You can't, you know, you can't really lead, you know, in a vacuum. It doesn't really work like that. Um so yeah, those, those two are probably the big no, ones. No, good, good, yeah. and I think um, you know both of them are equally as important. You know, mm. looking after people basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the children and the staff and the parents. You know, they're mm. all as important as uh, as each other. Um, yeah. So I think Alhamdulillah, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what's been your biggest highlight up until now. You know, has there been a moment that sticks out? Um, it might be a particular uh, moment. It might be something you were working towards that, alhamdulillah, yeah. you managed to see the fruits of. What comes to mind? Uh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, there's loads. There's so many. Give me, give, me, give, me, give, me, give me one that kind of... You know, it's... Because, uh, like, again, <coughs> small independent school. Um, as a head teacher, I'm in and out of classrooms. I'm in and out of the playground. I'm front of house every morning. Um and so I see tons, uh, you know, very close quarters in that sense. I'd say, but, okay, so when we had our Ofsted, I remember there was a moment actually, uh, just, you know, this goes back a couple of years now, but we had uh, an Ofsted inspector with us, HMI, and I remember it was a third day and there was a bit of feedback uh, in the session. And uh, she mentioned uh that if she had children, she would put them in our school. Well, and I thought, you know what, you might not write that in the report, that's fine. But <laughs> that, the fact that you said that, it meant it meant a lot because it was good to hear that that's what someone who's walked in the school after two days, who's seen it inside out, has, you know, freedom to go around and talk to everyone. And their, you know, third day feedback was, you know what, I like it so much. It's actually something Brilliant. I would choose. So that was really, really good. Um, I mean, there have been others. There's always, you know... It's nice to hear positive feedback. It's nice to hear that things have, you know, developed and progressed and taken place. Like, you know, there's the small stories that are on the ground where a child struggling with this or that issue, suddenly it clicks, the penny drops and everything's flowing. And then the parent really relates to that moment, comes back to you and says, I can't believe this has happened. This is so good to hear. And that's nice. That's really nice, you know. Um, It's nice to know that we're all going in the same direction the same goals sort of things. So. I guess when you hear it from a parent as well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're there to do, serve their, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their child, um, and, and nothing can beat that. Mm, so that must be a, a really satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I try to make sure all that feedback goes back to the teachers, because it's really, they're, they're the ones working yeah, in the classroom. I'm sort of just pulling strings and doing what I can to support yeah. them. But uh, it's the old black box thing, is that the classroom is where it's happening. Yeah. Um, so we need to do what we can. Uh, yeah. to support them yeah i know you like you said going back not being involved in the school for too long um mm. do most of the kids um are they from within the community do you see them yeah um so they come from across london in a way so okay we're quite uh far out here we're in harrow here some of them are across you know they'll do more than an hour sometimes wow. uh, just to commute in Mashallah. um so we've got quite a wide range and mashallah it's uh 
it's really really good like so many languages this is beautiful mashallah the number of different backgrounds and ethnicities and languages uh, i think it's one of the beautiful things about muslim schools you know we all come together and we uh, support each other on this one sort of goal yeah, which is definitely. really really nice to see um you know we do our cultural uh, what do we call it yeah multicultural food festivals you know, <laughs> not to be missed um you need to invite me to that 100% you know? <laughs> we just uh we we run we had our first major one like it was last year um we had smaller ones before that but it was just everyone brought their food from their culture but it was culture it was clothing yeah. it was language it was sharing you know you had all sorts of different cultures surprising cultures as well that you wouldn't have expected you yeah. know that right across the world alhamdulillah no, mashallah that's something really beautiful about our school just the real spread and the colors and the yeah, flavors yeah, yeah, yeah. and just the yeah i mean food's always great yeah bringing people together it doesn't matter how big or small you are yeah it um, brings people together it always brings it? people together so in and amongst all of the kind of mashallah the um the highlights and mm. Th- there may have been some low points yeah. there may have been some real challenges mm. along the bo- uh, along the way so i mean what's been a real low point for you uh, along this uh, journey that you've been on okay so low point on this journey i mean not 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 to uh, dodge the question in any way but i find usually the low point is a learning point okay so there'll be something that we had to pick up and learn and sure. i found it more related to probably it's occurred when uh, we've had some sort of, uh, like I say, rocky patch in a relationship, whether that is with uh, a parent, let's say, the mm. misunderstandings that can occur. Um, and it's just a case of us like going back a bit, taking a couple of steps back, looking at it again and saying, look, we are maybe reading this different to how they are communicating it. Okay. And then going back and just addressing that in a different way. Um, so I wouldn't say the low, low in that sense. I'd say they're more like opportunities where we've had opportunities to learn uh, from our practice. I think, you know, on a personal level, there are things that I look at that I want to just see them just much, much better. It's not necessarily like a negative now, but from where we are to where my vision for it is, yep. there's, there's a small mountain to climb. Um like we're good, you'd say. Like we do for my one of the basic examples for me is um, our PE provision. I think it's 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 good. It's satisfactory. It passes to what you'd expect a school to do. But does that pass for me? And that's where I feel like we can do that. We can do even better. It's going to take investment. It's going to take a little bit of a journey where the parents need to come with us, and you know we need to buy into the importance of things like physical education, and yep. likewise we need to. Uh, add the the resources to it and make sure the skill set of those who are involved is just perfect for the vision that I've got planned. Um, so sometimes it's things like that. So I'm just looking at something like oh, I'd like to make that. Better. I just really like to get that. I'll have to introduce you to Murabi in sports. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you about it offline. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast. Just to let you know, we've launched our newest product, Murabi in Sports. When you get a moment, please visit murabiinsports.com. We've linked up with a whole host of sporting organisations to give young Muslims an opportunity to access a variety of sports and it truly is groundbreaking some of the partnerships we've got in place. What's your, so on that point, what what's your driving force? What motivates you to, like, on that point, like, want to do better and always looking at ways to improve? Well, what's the driver? Is it something that's innate within you that you've always been this way or is it is it something that, is there something else that's kind of pushing you um, I think, you know, as Muslims, the the original, if you like, the base of it is that we look to our deeds, isn't it? Mm. Uh, we look to say, uh, I'm going to take this action, do this action and, and make it into X, Y or Z yeah. for a purpose. And the purpose is, you know, what we seek in the hereafter in that sense. So that's the base. Um, and then I think the value that you see in schooling and in, in education of continuously developing where you're at i think as soon as you start to sit still yeah. you become stagnant and that's when things go wrong um it might be a little bit of a personality thing as well i don't like sitting still i'm not a fan of it i i like to be on the move as much as possible um and you know it, it you know if something felt the same and became the like a routine that i felt was just becoming stale 
that's when I'm like, okay, let's change this, let's revamp it, let's add something to it. So I think that's a bit of a character trait, maybe. Yeah. Um, boredom doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> uh, but well, you did mention to me earlier on you um, you got your holidays in early and then <laughs> got started uh, back to school early, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. It was um, th- there's a passion behind it, right? Yeah. So that passion's there. Uh, alhamdulillah. And I think what I found in education is that um, as soon as that passion's gone. Uh, many people tell you it's time to leave you know it's not it's not a place to be if you don't have the passion for it yeah uh, you've got you know young children around you and this they, they need your energy and your your drive in that sense mm. so yeah it's it's that that's sort of what pushes i think uh, on a daily basis and when you see just those little hurdles being jumped over mm. uh, things that even you know the students thought they would never be able to do are suddenly just flying past yeah. it and that brings that's a good feedback loop right there. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Obviously, on a day-to-day basis, and you're carrying a lot on your shoulders, um, and also you're carrying the aspiration, the vision for the school in terms of where you want to take it. What do you? How do you check in with your mental health and well-being? How do you check in to make sure that you're keeping sane, and that you're you're happy ultimately? Mm. Like you said, you know, you're doing this for your akhirah, mm. but how how do you make sh- how do you balance it to make sure that well yeah i think uh like you say you have to check in you have to check in um and it's something that has been a journey for me because from day one i'll be honest with you i couldn't tell you the full picture of what i was getting into i could Mm. tell you you know in theory this is what will happen but then when you're on the ground and you're doing things you feel like you say the weight of it the responsibility the duty of it and so on and I'm lucky in, a, in from from a few aspects. I'm lucky, alhamdulillah. I have a good network, a good support network in that sense. You know, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances, um, you know, people who will tap me on the shoulder and say, "Look, you're looking a little bit stretched out right now," uh, yeah. and you need people like that, you know. <clears throat> and uh, alhamdulillah, that that's a big help because sometimes you don't see it yourself. Yeah. Um, and then. I think also you sort of you, you look to the religion. I'll, I'll be honest with you; it's a very clear matter in our religion, in the sense of you are you sort of have to reflect on yourself. You have to be introspective. You have to take a second, slow down, ponder, reflect, go for a walk. You know, sit in a forest for a while. Whatever <laughs> it is you need to do to separate yourself from our distracting lives, um, to just say, okay, look. If I'm responsible for something, then I need to have something to offer. And if I run out of gas on this, it's not only bad news necessarily just for me. There's other people that will be affected. Yeah. So I need to value that and appreciate uh, that that's my responsibility. So it, as, as a journey over the years, it, it's become more and more important. Um, and alhamdulillah, now I'm in a uh, better place from a perspective point of view. I yeah. think, uh, like I say, you get sort of bogged down in things i think it's important take a step back have a little refresher um meet some peers that helps um have a few conversations about something unrelated yeah and then come back to what you're doing um it goes back to what you said earlier on that's another skill required of being a leader right knowing when you need to take a step back and Mm. when you need to check in with yourself yes Um, i think it's really important because if you the person at the top leading um, Mm. isn't in the right frame of mind then it's going to rub off on other people yeah and they'll, they'll pick it up mm-hmm. let's just finish off this segment inshallah so mashallah there's a lot of different roles within the school right mm-hmm. so if you weren't the head teacher which role would you like to have hmm. premises manager yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually it's, it's just that development of the premises I, I love the idea of making something out of something small and making it really uh, like adding value. That's going back to your old BSF yeah, days. Yeah, That's yeah. still within you. <laughs> no, you know what it is actually, and this actually goes back to one of your other things we were talking about. Uh, I think the one thing that the team wouldn't know about me is that I love carpentry. That's oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I love woodwork. It's just uh, there's something about working with your hands, finishing the project, getting it nicely put together. Good. Absolutely love it. Subhanallah. You working on anything at the moment? Not at the moment. I've had a couple of things in the past and I haven't been back to that sort of thing for a while so I need to maybe pick up yeah. the tools and uh, get, get, get yeah. the uh, yeah, workshop uh, <laughs> yeah. covers off and what have you yeah no mashallah I mean um, I think it's always nice to have um, other interests 
Yes. Yeah, like you yes. said. Yes. So if it's the cooking or if it's the carpentry, mm. I think these are good for your just freshening you up as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it's really quite mashallah positive. Being an Islamic school, you have a real focus on tarbiyah and the nurturing of young people, right? Explain to me what it's like to be a leader of a faith-based school that has tarbiyah and nurturing in mind and maybe a leader of a school that doesn't have that in mind as a, as a kind of objective. Mm, mm. What does that feel like for you? Um, from a tarbiyah point of view, I think the way, like again, this is just how I feel yeah. about those matters. The nurturing is a real 360 on the child. It's every aspect of the child all day, every day. So in the sense of... Um, you know, if I'm on the gate and I'm seeing and I'm, and I'm greeting the parents and, and seeing the children come in, I'm also looking to see if there's anyone who has, you know, maybe something that has uh, perhaps they're carrying into school with them, let's say, just to make sure that we in the classroom are meeting that those needs on that particular day. Um, it's, you know, in the, if you like, it's in the air, as they would say, in a sense, it's like, it's how we carry ourselves. So myself and the staff members, <coughs> we talk about expectations, we talk about values, we talk about vision. And just two days ago, we were having a uh, conversation about this with all the staff. And, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit cliche, but our values are not just words printed on a piece of paper or on a website or, you know, out front. It has to be what we carry. Yeah. And if we were really to analyze what we carry in terms of values, that's what actually trickles down and becomes, if you like, in that sense, that nurturing capacity. Like if you're genuine about um, kindness and, you know, uh, caring and consideration of others, if you're genuine about that, it's not just a one-off PSHE lesson where you talk about what does it feel to be, have a kind relationship and be caring for others. It's yeah. actually, you know, day in, day out, it's in the smile is in the uh, tone of voice, in the body posture, it's in all of those things. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like it has to run throughout you. And it's what is it that runs throughout you a little bit in that sense? Um, so for us in Terbia at this school, it's, we do our best to just absorb those values that we talk about and um, push each other, really. We, we, yeah. we talk openly about it in the sense of, in a particular class or situation or playground, wherever we are, what is it that we're actually communicating? What are the relationships that are being built? Um, what are the feelings of uh, the child who's in front of you at that point in time? Can you empathize with that? Can you appreciate where they are? And can you then take them to the next level? Can you develop where they are? So whether it's they're going through a little bit or, you know, I don't know, they fell down and bumped their knee and it's an obvious one, you know, you appreciate this is a small child who's feeling pain, who's sitting on the floor, who needs certain things. They don't just need, okay, let's go to first aid. They actually need those, you know, mm. your, your tone of voice. They need to know that you're there for them. They need to know they're going to be safe, inshallah. That's really what plays through rather than, well, we better take you to first aid because if we don't do that, we're not following procedure. Well, we'll do that mm. as well. But in between that and that, there's, there's those, you know, soft touch moments in that sense. How, how would you like define tarbiyah? <laughs> how would I define tarbiyah? For me, what comes to mind is the it's the upbringing, right? It's the uh, to me anyway. The, what I can see it's the non-curricular um, growth of, of, of the child. So it's less of the English, math, and science, and it's more of the soft skills, mm -hmm. like the development of their understanding. Do they? Uh, empathize with others can they um, you know if we ask them for example to take on a challenge what do you find in the child at that point and what do you find they will need to take on this challenge so developing those skills inside the child and that you know it's something that I think as a community there's some very 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 good work going on but at the same time I think it's something we have to do a lot better um, so a lot of the challenges I see around us now actually don't relate to the academic learning. They relate to the social skills. They yeah. relate to understanding people and relationship building. Um, you know, it's one of the things I'm, uh, alhamdulillah, uh, I'm blessed to be a father as well as a head teacher. 
And so I see schooling and I see that home life and I just watch, <laughs> uh, watch it all come together. And as parents, and this is sort of stepping outside the education sphere for a second, as parents, I think there's a huge amount we need to offer our children. And historically, I think if you go back in our heritage, that was an offer. If you go back to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and you go back to the time of the companions, I think the relationships they had built, the quality of time that was spent, the focus on the important things, and you know, focusing on what is, actually has true value, that was really at the center of, of many of the interactions in those times. Um, and those who have held on to that sort of approach have seen the blessing and the benefit of it. I think if we get too much into, not to get political, but, you know, sort of hard and fast academic and, you know, just outcomes and just how, how uh, you know, how are we doing on the spelling test? Yeah. Have we got our degrees? Those sorts of things. I think we're missing something. And then we'll, in a way, you know, you kind of pay for it later. So, yeah. yeah so terabia comes in those soft areas, I guess. Alhamdulillah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because, like, I think at the, at the heart of everything in Islamic school generally is that tarbiyah and everybody has a slightly different approach and a slightly mm. different interpretation of what it is and how mm. we approach it and what have you but you know like you said at the root of it is kind of caring and loving the child mm. in essence isn't it mm. um, and yeah. inshallah developing them yes yeah let's talk a little bit about the school okay. yeah Harmony Primary School yeah um, so if I was to say to you if I was to bump into you at the local convenience store Mm. And you know, and we were to bump in, and I was to say to you, "Oh, you know, I'm looking to send my daughter to an Islamic school." What would be your pitch to me in in, in a minute, just to summarize what this school is about? In a minute, um, I would say that to borrow a line from Ostead, we are a harmonious place, a happy place where we prepare our children for life in modern Britain. Like genuinely, you know, with a strong uh, Muslim identity, ready for life in modern Britain. Um, because tomorrow we might not be there. Yeah. And, uh, we need to know that we've left them with what they need. And that's what we do at Harmony. Okay. So, uh, we build young people. <laughs> so. you, can, you can take that little snippet and you can put it on your Instagram feed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. that's, that's near enough the way, yeah, the way I would say we look at it. Yeah. No, good, good. Far. And so tell me a little bit about the people the staff in particular mm. in in your school what's the what are they like as people what's the culture of this mm. place like just incredible to be honest um you know i've worked in corporate i know how challenging it can be to come into a place where you don't feel comfortable let's say uh and you know there'll be good days and bad days and so on i think here alhamdulillah we have uh, an approach and an attitude which is almost family-like. We are very, very supportive, and that support extends to feedback, which is, you know, a challenging thing to have. But, you know, I like to think that um, because we have, inshallah, sincere intentions, what we want is goodness for each other. And you'll feel it. There's a little scheme we, we put together which was... Um, we call it, you know, it's like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So there's the golden ticket. Okay. So for the staff, I put them a golden pass. And I said, whoever has the golden pass, you get 10 minutes in someone else's class. And you get to observe the lesson, which is slightly different in my mind to a lesson observation. You get to observe, you get to absorb it, be like a student in the class and mm. just take that on. And then you pass on the ticket to them. But it was a way, it was a test, I think, because it was only if our relationships were strong enough to have that sort of interaction where you could have fluidity between the staff mm. members to say, I'll pop into your classroom and I'll just watch you teach. Yeah. And alhamdulillah, it just opened up conversations. Oh, oh I saw you do that. And why, why didn't you choose this? Why did you choose that? Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah. And th those are the conversations that started to show me that, okay, we've got good relationships. Um, we understand each other. Um, and that's the family feel sort of uh, came in with a slight, you know, the, the edge of accountability in there as well. Mm. Like sometimes, you know, we want to make sure that it's, yes, we're supportive, but supporting doesn't mean make it easy. Yeah. Supporting means sometimes challenge as well. So, yeah. 
So uh, we'll support you to develop, which means I'm going to give you a bit of feedback. So simple yeah. things like that. It's really, really powerful. Um, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, what makes Harmony Primary School different to other Islamic schools? Not not to talk ill of any other school, but yeah, just generally, yeah. I mean, from what you've seen, what you've heard, what, for, for you, mm. what makes this place different? I think just literally from the size of it, that's the biggest thing that mm. changes. I think when you're in a 600 child school, life is different. It, it just is. It has its benefits. There's yeah, no doubt course. about it. Um, but there's things that they can do we can't do, and there's things we can do that they can't. So it has a bit of uh, on both sides. We, we're we able to be agile. You know, there's small class sizes. It's very sort of, you can really tailor the curriculum, tailor the learning. Um so we're able to do things like that. Um, in terms of, like, if I'm honest with you, there's a, there, there are things that we are, we've initiated recently that I'm really happy about. And it's partly because we're a small school and it's part of our vision. It's this, um, we, we piloted last year, a like a mini Duke of Edinburgh. Okay. So it was about um, pushing uh, and challenging our students and quietly also the parents as well, because everyone gets involved. Um, and the staff, they, they enjoyed that, I'm sure. Um, but it was a mini Duke of Edinburgh where we just literally said, look, there's a bronze, there's a silver, and there's a gold level challenge. And uh, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a hike, it's going to be a walk, it's going to be whatever it is. And it had many aspects to it that I was really interested in. But one of them was that building of resilience, I think, where we are now you know i grew up here in west london um life's changed a lot society's changed a lot the challenges are different social media has turned up and um we've got to get back to some of the basics that really help uh develop an individual and one of those for me is just you've got to get outside yeah and you need to push yourself through certain physical challenges and just experiences and mm. things you enjoy and sometimes you don't enjoy um, so that was that was different, and it just rippled throughout the community, and it was really positive. Mashallah, the parents always amazing, but this time they just shocked me. They actually just surprised me. <clears throat> we, we had like uh, on a Saturday morning, if you can imagine, a six-kilometer hike uh, through the back of Harrow Woods and into Bentley Priory, and there were like thirty-five people out there on a Saturday, and this was after school had ended. And I thought maybe there would be five or ten, but mashallah, they came and came and came. It was just beautiful. Um, so it's really, really nice to have those moments. And you feel like you're building more than a school there. It's like a community or should I? If you'd like to participate in the Murabiyun show, why not get in contact? It's as simple as going to our website, murabiyun.com and filling out this simple form. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the community. Mm. Um, What's the Muslim population Harrow like? It's a very good question. I think there's there's a lot of Muslims. Um, yeah. You know, there's been a mosque for about twenty plus years. Yeah, I just drove past it. Yeah, Harrow Mosque, very very big mosque. And now there's about six to eight uh, masajid around. Um, <clears throat> they're very like uh, you know they've been here a long time. Yeah. They've been Muslims in Harrow for a long time. I, I forget the actual yeah. numbers, but. You know, we settled in. We've had our uh, businesses, and then we've you know moved on, and we've you know the buying of houses, and then now. So that was like a generation ago. Yeah, of course. Now it's sort of like the generation that were born and bred here are having their kids, uh, and they are looking for a place for uh, their kids to go to school in an Islamic environment. Um, and that's what we're feeling really is that. The demand is coming from. That You're next the generation. only Islamic school. We're the only independent school. Independent, independent Muslim school. Yeah, independent Muslim in, school. In Harrow, yes. So, what what is the feeling? What is the feeling with? So, if I if I bumped into a couple of members of the community, what would they say about mm. this school? Uh, I think they'll be positive. I think um, they will probably know us as the school that runs. Uh, weekend events and open barbecues, eat barbecues and summer fates and all of this sort of thing. <laughs> where we just invite anyone and everyone in. Yep. Um, and we try and spread, spread the joy in that sense. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, we try to sort of keep to that harmony idea, the idea that you're here, you've got neighbours, you've got people that are stakeholders, you've got 
um, you know, parents and grandparents that are actually part of this school. So we try and keep that community feel going. And hopefully when you talk to someone who's out there, they will feel like, yeah, this school represents the Muslims. It, yep. it uh, pushes, if you like, towards ideals and uh, really it serves the children in that sense. And that's what I try to make sure we're doing. Like we do, one of the things we pushed from the very beginning was lots of trips, get out there, go and see uh, the world around us. And there's so much in London, right? Yeah. Um, but that had really good um, feedback in the sense of these children now knew the world around them mm. and they took that home. And then parents, families, grandparents, they saw this interest stirred up in their own children within their family and they followed it. And so they were taking their own trips on the weekend, you know, and saying, yeah, we came here with the school, but we've now gone even further. We're doing this and we're doing that. So though that that's the sort of ripple out effect that I hope people are feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice, always nice when there's a continuation of the efforts that you make within these four walls, yeah, yeah. and the kids carry it home. That yeah, shows that, yeah, mashallah, that they've really enjoyed themselves. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, the experience that the children have in the school. Like, I know it's the summer holidays at the moment, mm. and you know uh, there's a lot of prep going on. Yeah, um, and inshallah, one day I'll come back when the school Definitely, is uh, yeah, is open, look, but. Yeah. What is the kind of feeling amongst the kids? I know generally, you know, mm. they will be happy. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming they'll be happy. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just just share with us a little bit about kind of what the what the environment is like for them. Okay. Yeah. I think from uh, from from a student's point of view, and and again, this is this came, you know, became apparent in the early days. It felt like home. Okay. I think that's really what started to really uh, become clear. And parents would say that. And it's in the simple things, you know. It's in, um, you know, you say salam in the morning. Um, when we sit for to eat, when the kids are sitting, we remind them, eat with your right hand, say the best manner. Yeah. Um, you know, little moments like that where they're just almost like, it's a reflection of their house. So where they were brought up at home, they come to a place now they study, but you've got those touches. You know, we pray in Jama'ah together. Uh, we have little reminders every day. And, you know, our ethos, our Islamic values are never far away. Mm. And so that plays in uh, into the day itself. So there's the uh, clear sessions of learning. But woven in between that are the, like, like the touches from the religion that really uh, leave that flavour with the child. And I think that's what they really uh, sense, uh, different to maybe other schools. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally, whether it's a display, whether it's a piece of work, or whether we're discussing something in a certain way, or we're discussing, for example, there might be a small conflict between two students and how are we going to resolve it well our values it has to be that way doesn't yeah. it and what do our values mean it means this and this and this and but why it's because we follow the prophet <laughs> we follow the quran and the sunnah so how would that play out into this situation here yeah. and then when really they nice. see those huge values come all the way down to the ground in the sense of i can actually apply it between this interaction here i think that's you know that that makes it very different for the students is there a, like a special moment with the students that stand out for you? Maybe something that's happened in the last year? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, almost every assembly that we have, they surprise you. Because I, I like to make it uh, dialogic. We have a bit of back and forth. And, uh, you know, when, when you have those moments, you see the level of um, insight that a child's mind can sometimes bring to something. And that's powerful. They'll surprise you. If you leave the question nice and open, they will surprise you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're positioning yourself as an assembly for years one to six. And a year one will say something that blows your mind. And you like, well, we have to keep this assembly moving, but that's really powerful. We need wow. to come back to that later. So assemblies do that quite a lot. Um, and, and to be honest, even when we leave... Uh, we have little reminders that when we pray before the prayer we, we sit down and we have a little reminder a story of the companions or something that brings the idea of the values that we hold dear and um they will just reflect that you, you know they're absorbing it and they just reflect it and, and later they'll tell you you know that story you said when i was thinking about it when this happened 
and you realize just how powerful you know education is um so yeah it's just constantly just blowing you away with their uh, i guess for you especially as well because that's probably your you're not in the classroom teaching are you so that's probably your yeah weekly, so, exactly yeah, weekly yeah. kind of interaction and yeah, yeah, yeah. that you have with the leading that assembly mm-hmm. i assume i love to get into the classroom i used to get into it more year one and two now after year three i think i'll be less and less in the class <laughs> unfortunately um unless you have to cover an art lesson y- yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right jazakallah for that i want to kind of come to a close mm. um and talk about Islamic schools in general. Mm. So not Harmony Primary Schools, sure. but just Islamic schools in general. And I'd be really interested, actually, in your view and perspective, given kind of your background mm. and given um, the journey that you've been on. But for you, what is an Islamic school? Mm. What is it that makes an Islamic school, you know, what is it that makes it any different to a mainstream school or mm. a school of another faith? Mm. What is an Islamic school? For me... Um We've talked about values, we've talked about sort of <laughs> embodying values throughout the school. But I think also it means genuinely did the students that are in our care, while they took English and maths and science and developed in those areas, did they also develop in their understanding of their religion? Mm. Because sometimes, um, you know, a school might tick that box and say, well, we did Quran. And uh, we taught them some du'a. Okay, it's good. But what do they understand about their religion? Yeah. Like in the world around them, how did you make that relevant and impactful in the way that others had done it for you? Because if we're going to pass this on, it has to have that meaning, it has to land. And it comes in delivering the most basic uh, knowledge to start with. The belief has to be very clear. Um, and then developing like the tenets of the faith and the understanding of them um, and having, to be honest, a bit of back and forth to make sure understanding is actually developing because it's good to memorize and good to know that, that, that content. But do you understand what it means? Do you sure. understand when you go home, you know, uh, treat, treatment of the parents? Do you understand what it means on the ground there? And that's a process. You, you know, you don't just turn on a switch and everyone understands at the same level. So... I think, yeah, as Islamic schools go, I think that's what is different. I think that's what makes us different. Uh, and inshallah, I think the better that is in terms of understanding the fundamentals and the un- and, and the um, developing that knowledge within the child, the better the school is because that then ripples out into other aspects of, uh, of the school. Sure. Do you know the makeup of the UK in terms of the schooling system and the amount of children there are that are going to schools, there's less than 5% of children that go to Muslim schools, mm. be, it, be it mainstream, VA mm. or independent schools. Yeah. Do you think there's a real need for Islamic schools, given that the majority of children don't go to Islamic schools? Mm. Could we do without them? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's an easy one, right? Uh, no, without a doubt we need them, and we need more. Um, I think the challenges we're facing now are different to the challenges that were faced 30 years ago. I think when Muslim schools really started in this country about 30 years ago, it was almost like a generation that was saying, well, we don't have a masjid in this area, so we need a masjid. And we don't have a halal butcher, so we need a halal butcher. Oh, and we don't have a school, so we need a school. So it was a bit of that sort of as a mindset, which was genuine. It was yeah. it was needed. I think the needs of the community have changed somewhat. Um, we're now second and third and potentially fourth generation and so on. We are British Muslims, you know, we know life in Britain. We're here, we're staying. But if we're going to stay, we need to understand uh, what we need with the challenges of social media, with the new AI stuff that's sort of on the horizon, it seems, or even closer. Um, And so the Muslim schools, it's there to really, I feel, offer uh, an opportunity to return back to those values that will get you through those challenges. Mm. Uh, without it, I think, um, you know, uh, if we if we step away from those values, then we'll face real big challenges as a community, you know, in, in all kinds of aspects of life. Um, Generally speaking, again, what do you think are the challenges for Muslim schools? Mm. What are the what what is the single biggest or single biggest challenges that our schooling um, system faces? Looking sort of nationally in that yeah, sense nationally. yeah just um, funding 
without a doubt it's funding and not to sound negative but just to be realistic i came from a corporate environment and i understand that i understand you know wanting to make uh you know your wealth for yourself and go on that career path and I understand that and there are people that are needed to do those things amongst the muslims but if we unfortunately and i feel this is how it's gone we don't value teachers mm-hmm. as a community like we should we value other professions more yeah. and if we were to bring teachers and understand the value of what a teacher really is like a murabbi in that sense then you've got a situation where i think we would start to level that up a bit and say actually it's really important that we start to get people who are in the heart of education really really high uh, highly skilled individuals people with talent and expertise and put them there in the heart of education and just feed it down uh, to our community because because we aren't valuing it because we don't have the resources the funding and the like with sort of in a bit of a difficult position um like when you see the work of the teachers it just you know your jaw hits the floor it's like well here's a teacher who is being acting almost like a parent you know um and and i think of that in the classical parenting sense where the parent was yes the safeguarder but also like the therapist the dietitian <laughs> the uh you know your personal um instructor all of these things all in the parent you know yeah. and as a parent to deliver that you need to have a lot so as a teacher to deliver that in those core hours of the day that are made available to schools the teacher needs to have a lot to offer um so when you realize that's what a teacher is and what that like they give from themselves in that sense i think we'll value it a lot more and if we start to value it maybe the funding will come online as well so we need to think i think wider community who is it and how we can start to build structures that will support that uh, funding in the future years do you have any uh, good ideas about maybe nationally how we can finance muslim schools like i say i'm corporate before i was education right and uh uh how to say balance sheets are quite you know you know common to me i think we just need to start saying that if you can understand the value of a good education yeah. with islamic ideals and values what would you how much money do you put behind it yeah. and who is it that we can turn to in our community that mashallah are doing well and can support that because it's not everyone and this is one of the things that a parent recently said to me um and and i really appreciated this as a, as a sort of a, a view it was that you have to be honest that not everyone can not everyone can afford these fees yeah. and they were saying it from a sadness point of view like they can afford it but others cannot mm. and what if we were doing away with fees how many people would want an islamic education after that you know there'd be you'd have so many people that would just be like this is what i want from my child mm. um, we want those dunya sort of uh, types of knowledge but also we want to know that they're going to understand the values uh, that we that we were brought up on so yeah it was just that hurdle of literally i haven't got the money to put my child where i'd really like to put them so if we have a wider conversation <laughs> with all the stakeholders um we can we can start to build that um and i don't think it takes a lot it just takes uh a little bit of a glimpse into the world of education to see actually what how much power there is yeah. in this um, i think what you said is so important that it's about the value and mm-hmm. i think do you think that we as as people involved in islamic schools and the islamic school movement do you think we don't project well enough the value that this type of environment is offering yeah yeah 100% it's incredibly hard i tell the uh, parents you know they come in for a parents evening and these are the parents of our school and they see the parents evening they see our website they can have chats with the teachers they can talk to their kids but it's very hard to show them what i see it's incredible you know how many different updates on a website can we put together that can until you're in the classroom or on the trip or in the pe session you can't feel exactly what it feels like you can't see exactly what it means it's very very hard to show that value um but we need to have those conversations because again historically our community came here generally speaking there were a lot of economic reasons to it mm. now we're in a different position and we need to ask ourselves the question so what's next a little bit 
and uh, what can we do to support one another to make it a fruitful next step? You know, the next phase needs to be building on what came before. Uh, so that's it's a tall order, but it's uh, it's something that again, if you like a challenge, then it's it's ready and waiting in that sense. <laughs> so on that point, then, what would you say are the opportunities that are available um, for Muslim schools going forward, given? the challenges that we see in society today and just given like you said the landscape of how the Muslim community has been developed here in the UK I, I think one of the big opportunities is to change the image of Muslim schools I think from the outside Muslim schools are seen as um, those faith schools they will teach you some English and a bit of maths and they'll <laughs> teach you you know uh, some Quran uh, but if you want to get a real education, people think you have to go to a you know, uh, non-faith-based school. So I think we need to change the image and need to talk in open terms about the outcomes. You have to almost like say, look, actually, we're doing well. We're doing really, really well. And there are some that are just top of the uh, league tables and no doubt and have been for years. Yep. And yet still, we, are, you know, we have that. So th- that's the opportunity. It what needs to perhaps match that is the uh, the people that drive it. So having the right people, you know, in the spine of that sort of movement would be people who can drive those standards up and say, not only are we doing it, but let me share with you what's going on and let me share with you where it's going next. Mm. Um, because if we can change that image and say, look, actually, you get an outstanding education, English, math, science and and everything else, you get an outstanding education. Um, on top of that, there's excellent, you know, uh, personal development in a Muslim school. Like it's, it's outstanding, it's incredible. Um, you're going to see things from your children you didn't know they were able to do. They're going to bring home values that you could only dream, you know, very, very, very deep things. And then say, actually, it comes in this framework. And this framework will be built by, you know, these specialists who understand the field really well have some experience, but we need you to buy in and appreciate this is what's going on. Uh, if we are able to do that and convey that message clearly, succinctly, you know, and brand it nicely, of course, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't necessarily hurt, um, then we'll be in a positive position, I think, inshallah. Because um, there's so much talent in the community. I'll be honest with you, there's huge amounts of talent. I agree. It's just about, you know, Putting the pieces in the right order. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, Look, it's been a real pleasure to spend the no, last likewise. hour with you. Um, you've got a busy year ahead of you. Um, mashallah, you've got the team here. Yeah. Um, practicing the CPR upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Tell us a little bit about what the year ahead uh, looks like for you. Okay, so the year ahead for us, we're growing. So we're a young school, you know, three years in. This is our fourth year. We're growing, the team's growing. We've settled certain, you know, fundamentals that are quite, you know, core to the school. And now we're looking at, uh, you know, literally growing in terms of premises. Um, perhaps we're going to be looking towards adding further years in the future, one or two years as well. So those plans need to take place now, uh, this year. Um, and we're almost there at capacity. So we try to reduce hurdles. And one of the hurdles is literally floor space. So we need to change that, inshallah. So that's going to be on my, uh, that's in my inbox and it has been for a while. Um, but yeah, just driving standards, driving them in, in, a, in a very uh, focused way, which is something that I think education in general does quite well. It, it really, uh, the, the systems that I found in education are good at focusing on priorities because there are so many things you can do. A teacher can come into a classroom and choose any one of a thousand directions mm. to go in um, and likewise the head teacher and so on and everyone in the school so that focus on the key priorities and for us one of them is I want to just uh, develop the offer you know whether it's through developing the curriculum even further or developing the teachers we've got teachers who are going out training and, and doing all sorts of things this year which is really really positive you know um, so yeah sharing sharing that sort of around the team and developing everyone's capacity and then that will feed down uh, into the uh, classroom. 
Sounds like you got busy year ahead. Uh, lots of nice challenges, uh, but like you said, lots of opportunities, and it's really nice to hear your positivity as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, inshallah, I give you and your school success in uh, in what you're trying to achieve. I mean, and um, you know, I, I think, mashallah, you're you'll be a real motivation to a lot of people who are in industry mm. that are looking for uh, alternative uh, yeah. career paths or, or or something a bit more meaningful. Yeah. Uh, let's just say. Yeah. Um, and it'll be nice at some point Maybe we can do another little uh, Conversation about that particular journey About yeah. how you left industry And came over into education yeah, 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 That'd yeah. be quite nice no, it's, it's like a little bit of a flag that I, I wave Which is uh, come and taste it yeah. You might be in whatever you are now But come and taste it Spend a couple of days in a school You won't forget it And then uh, see where you want to take the conversation after that so. Inshallah So anybody yeah. who is interested Here's a, here's a nice offer yeah. for you Open door <laughs> an Open door Inshallah no problem. Jazakallah khair. Um, and uh, inshallah, all the best for the year yeah, ahead. Sure.